Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Adam Shine Podcast. Ah, yes, episode 28 of the Adam Shine Podcast, and we are thrilled to be back with you. Another incredible week in the National Football League, and week number five promises to be absolutely sensational. Our featured guest this week on the Adam Shine Podcast, Hall of Fame basketball coach Jim Beheim, who has a pretty awesome story on how in 1999, he told me that Tom Brady was going to be a star when he was playing in Michigan. Plus, what a an NFL Sunday is like at the Bayheim household. We'll talk some football with Jim Bayheim, who's a diehard football fan and a diehard sports fan with great takes on everything. Wait until you hear what happened to me in daily fantasy. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. We will make our picks against the spread, give you a little taste for what we're looking at for week number five in the National Football League. To me, the biggest story in the NFL right now, Baggett's Billy O. The Houston Texans fired head coach, general manager, play caller, Bill O'Brien. And not a moment too soon. Honestly, I didn't think Cal McNair had the guts. After Bill O'Brien inexplicably wrestled full control away from everybody else in Houston and then proceeded to torpedo the franchise. I give Cal McNair credit. The offseason was brutal. The team started 0-4. The likability of the Texans was in the absolute toilet. Bill O'Brien not only battled his job, a cantankerous personality, and Cal McNair had to get control back. Look, This calendar year is everything on why Bill O'Brien had to go. You got to jog them at the Rolodex back to January. The Houston Texans had a 24-0 lead in Kansas City in round two, the divisional round of the postseason. 24-0, Billy O with the fake punts, and the rest is history. I mean, think about it. They could have won that game would have beat the Tennessee Titans and were that close to going to the Super Bowl. Instead, they blow it, and you blame Billy O. You credit the Kansas City Chiefs. Then in the offseason, we just destroyed him in real time on Shine on Sports, on Sirius XM, on Man Dog Sports Radio. The DeAndre Hopkins trade is going to go down in history as one of the all-time worst. One of the most unfathomable, dumbest trades you can ever make. You spend a lifetime in an NFL to try to get a star quarterback and surround him with star talent to maximize him. The Texans hit the jackpot on both. DeAndre Hopkins as a star wide receiver. Deshaun Watson, a Superman at quarterback. That was going to be a combination for the ages forever in Houston. And Bill O'Brien not only traded DeAndre Hopkins, which is just a terrible concept in the first place, sold low on him. I mean, it's one thing if you thought it was a bad guy. Spoiler alert, he's an amazing guy. And one thing if you thought you couldn't sign him. Spoiler alert, just got a contract with the Arizona Cardinals. You, you traded him for David Johnson with a bloated contract, a broken down running back, and a second-round draft pick. 
I mean, you can't make that up if you try. But then again, part for the course with Billy O. It's the same Billy O who once gave Jadavian Clowney $7 million bucks. He was on the books for a season and still shipped Clowney to Seattle and got a third-round pick. I mean, Jadavian Clowney is a freak. When you have freakish talent, you, you don't trade him. And then what about the Laramie Tunsil deal? He traded two first-round picks and a second-round pick to Miami for Kenny Stills and Laramie Tunsil. They had to do this because they didn't have an offensive line. Remember, they picked Armstead, the offensive tackle, the one double A prospect. They reached for him. This after Philly picked Andre Dillard. The whole thing was an absolute disaster. Bill O'Brien has no idea what he's doing. So he had one mistake and it equaled another mistake. This after Billy O was able to wrestle power away from Brian Gain, who it was basically handpicked to work in tandem with him as, as the general manager. You know, the sad thing is Bill O'Brien actually did a pretty solid job when, you know, he didn't have a quarterback with Hoyer and Mallard and, you know, Brock Osweiler and Rick Smith was picking the players and won division titles, but he, he had way too cantankerous of a personality. He was way too power hungry. These trades were reprehensible. I mean, whoever takes over in Houston, they don't have a first or second round pick in the in the 2021 draft. They go to the Dolphins. I mean, in five years when the Dolphins win a Super Bowl with Tua and they're able to surround them with talent, the Dolphins should build a Bill O'Brien statue outside the stadium next to Dan Marino. I mean, it is it is absolutely wild how Billy O destroyed the organization. You know, his play calling was terrible. We've been ranting forever. Podcasts, radio show, time to shine on CBS Sports Network. Billy O, the worst. Absolutely had to go. Now, Jack Esterby, who's the management type from New England, who's been in Houston for, for a little bit now, he's got to go as well. You can't let him pick the next head coach in Houston, find the real general manager, a real head coach. Eric Bieniemy would be amazing. Lincoln Riley, absolutely make a telephone call. The Texans' job, even without DeAndre Hopkins, even without a first and second round pick, it's very attractive. You have Deshaun Watson. That's the quarterback you want to hit your wagon to. If you're an assistant coach, if you're a college coach and you're thinking about going into the NFL, you know, if David Shaw would ever leave Stanford, I mean, that would be awesome. You know, at the end of the day, the McNair family historically, whether it was, you know, Dom Capers, Gary Kubiak, Billy O, going to let the coach stay for a long time. It's a very attractive job. Houston's a great city, great sports town. But Billy O is just the worst. I mean, I'm almost sad for me. People ask me, who do you root for? I root for me. I root for the show. Billy O was a pretty awesome punching bag because Billy O couldn't get out of his own damn way. How many times do we scream, Billy O's got to go? I mean, it is unbelievable. Who trades DeAndre Hopkins? Baggots, Billy O'Brien. On the other side, legendary Syracuse basketball coach Jim Beheim joins us to give us his sizzling hot takes on the NFL. You're locked into the Adam Shine Podcast. 
Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Our featured guest this week on the Adam Shine Podcast, Syracuse basketball coach, the Hall of Famer, my guy, the great Jim Beheim. Coach, how are you? Can we believe we're still talking after all these years? Jeez, <laughs> crazy. It, it is amazing. <laughs> it is It is really amazing. And, you know, we talk about this all the time on, on the show, on Shine on Sports, on Sirius XM. But, you know, you say all these years. I want to take you back to 1999, okay? You ready to take a trip down memory lane? I'm ready. Okay. I graduate college. My first job is on WHEN Radio doing the afternoon drive show in Syracuse. And one of the big events, first big events that I got a chance to talk about, Syracuse-Michigan football at the Carrier Dome. It was a huge deal. And it was Drew Henson and Michigan coming to town to take on the Orange. And there was a quarterback yep. rotation between Drew Henson and Tom Brady. And all week, I'm hyping up Drew Henson like everyone else. <laughs> I see Jim Beheim in the press box. And you pull me aside and said, and there's a quote, Adam, Tom Brady's better than Drew Henson. Tom Brady is going to be a great NFL player. A, do you have any recollection of that? And B, how the yeah. hell do you know that? I remember, you know, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while. So, you know, I make I make a lot of predictions, and uh, we got one right. But uh, I've always been a big fan of his, and... Uh, uh, I still am. It makes it tough. I got to root for Tampa Bay and the Patriots. It's hard, you know. Uh, I don't know what to do some days, but uh, I'm a big fan of his. But I'm a big fan of the Patriots still. So kind of torn there a little bit. But uh, I guess you got to get a prediction right once in a while. You know, it's like you. You make a hundred predictions and. That's you right. just talk about the two you got right all year. So you know that's the, that's the way that's it works. Okay. That's okay. That's yeah. I mean, when, when you get one right, you got to make sure everybody knows yeah. about it. It's the rare one you that's, get that's, right. Coach, I, I never exactly asked right. you this in all the years I've known you, and you referenced the Patriots. Who did you root for growing up, and who is your fo- which team is your football team? Well, my team was the Cleveland Browns. I lived in Lyons, small town upstate New York, and one channel got the Browns, and one channel got the Giants. You know, that was all the football you saw. There wasn't all these other games. So Jim Brown had gone to Syracuse, so I picked Jim Brown and the Browns and uh, rooted for him. Um, Tooth and nail against Sam Huff and all those guys. Uh, great games with the Browns and Giants. But, uh, yeah, they were. I was a Browns fan all the way until they traded uh, Paul Warfield, and then I was like, what? You know, and uh, <laughs> I kind of – I kind of hung out in in uh, 
uh, neutral territory for many years. And then I switched over to the Patriots when Brady started playing. And, you know, I stayed, stayed with the Patriots until right now. What was it about Brady? And, and if you, it's crazy because I jogged the mental Rolodex. You know, I tell you that story. I left Syracuse. I did that afternoon show from 99 through February of 2002, which was right when mm-hmm. Brady beat the Rams, won that first Super Bowl, which started the dynasty. Right. What was it for you where you noticed early on that Tom Brady was going to be something special? You know, I don't know. I like football. You know, I watch everything college and, and pro football. And but you know, I just uh, I, somehow I I just like what he did and how he conducts himself. And uh, I just became a fan right away. And and uh, well, it's tough in our house. My buddy's with me, but Jimmy's an anti-Brady, anti-Patriot guy. He's a Manning guy, and then he switched over to the Buffalo Bills conveniently two years ago before <laughs> they were good, and now, you know, now he's walking around with Bills stuff on all the time. But uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, I just have always been a Brady fan, and uh, meeting him last year was was special for me and Buddy. We we both uh, got a chance to talk to him, and he talked to our team. He was great. You know, he presents himself very well. Um, you know, I know a lot of the New Yorkers don't like him, but I, I can't blame him, you know, when somebody beats you so many times. But uh, I, I just think he does things. He was a hard worker. He does things the right way. And uh, obviously he's uh, he's won a lot of football games. What's an NFL Sunday like in the Bayheim house? Well, you know, it's kind of switched over now. It's the red zone. You know, I don't know how yes. the NFL sells that with their network affiliates because most of the kids I know, they just watch red zone. They don't watch a game. Once in a while, you know, we'll watch a Patriots game or Jimmy will watch a Bills game, but it's the red zone. You know, how do they – I don't know how they monetize all that, but that's what uh, what we do. We sit there and watch the red zone, the red zone all day. Pretty much. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I'm curious for you, as someone who lives this as a, a sports Hall of Famer, are, are you on board with the red zone, or do you need to watch a game in isolation? Or at this stage, that's the way you spend your NFL Sundays, and you like seeing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and all the action around the league. Yeah. I'm pretty much red zone. I watch the red zone, and, you know, if there's a golf tournament, I watch some of that too, but, uh, it's the red zone for me, and I would think, I would think a lot of, you know, I was a pretty good football fan. Um, I would think a lot of us watch the red zone. I, I, I'm not sure how that all works monetarily, but I guess it does. <laughs> I'm with you on the red zone. I mean, I, I watch it all the time, especially at one o'clock. It's it's a must. Maybe you go exclusive at four twenty-five if there's one game that's better than the other two or three. Well, but I'm there's nothing yeah, better you than the red zone. The eight o'clock, you watch the 8 o'clock game, and you watch the Monday night game like you always did, but you, you kind of watch the red zone most of the day. What's Syracuse's team? Now, when I was there, I could generate conversation on the Bills, the Giants, the Jets. You backed me up on one of these, the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, obviously, I left before the Patriot reign, and I know there are a lot of Boston sports fans in Syracuse. What's Syracuse's NFL team? 
Well, I think it's the, pretty much the Bills now. I think the Giants were for a while, but uh, especially when Tom Coughlin was there. But I, I think it's really been the Bills for the most part uh, in Syracuse and all of west of here, of course. But especially now the Bills, it's sad they finally get going and now the fans can't go to the games. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a sad year in a lot of ways. And I'm happy that everybody's playing. I hope we're going to be playing basketball this year. But obviously there's a lot of tough days ahead to figure this thing out. But I think you've got to work through it. The one thing I I believe is that we're stuck. This virus is with us for a while. I don't see any cure right away. I don't see any change for a couple of years. And I think we've got to learn how to manage it and live with it somehow. I think. Yeah, and and the NFL is doing that by playing, and I really want college basketball in in the worst possible way, health and safety number one. But I I want my college hoops as well. Who are your favorite coaches to watch and appreciate in the NFL? Well, you know I'm not that big into watching coaches. I think to the coaches are overrated. I, I don't think anybody watches games to watch coaches. I think you watch to watch players. You know, obviously, uh, you know, like, who's your favorite player? That's who you like to watch play. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great coaches there. You can't be winning in the NFL unless you can coach. I mean, obviously, Belichick has proven to be the best coach. And, uh, you know, his teams, the way they play, they just don't make the mistakes that some other teams make. And they find a way to get things done. Um, but uh, I think you watch teams for their players. You know, I'm a Yankee fan. I don't watch Aaron Boone manage. I mean, I know people second guess <laughs> and all that. That's that's what they do, especially guys in your business. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're catching watch, me on the right day for that, games. Coach. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I watch games to watch the business. You know, watch players play, and uh, you know, it's amazing. When you do a certain thing and it works, nobody says a word. But when you do something that's a little different and it doesn't work, you're you're going to be blasted out of the building, even though it was you know, probably the right thing to do. If it doesn't, you know what makes a good play call at the end of the game? When the ball goes in the basket. If the ball doesn't go in the basket, you, yeah. can, have the, you can have called the best play in the world. And if the ball doesn't go in and you lose, it, it was the wrong call. Well, and you know, it's funny. Every time someone is trying to win a championship for the first time, I always think to back to something you said after you won your championship. You said, I'm not smarter today than necessarily I was before I won this championship. I mean, and it's a great line because you were a fantastic coach before, fantastic coach after. You, sometimes the ball bounces one way or bounces the other. Do you find yourself at all... Like Andy Reid last year. Andy Reid needs to win the big one. I mean, Andy Reid was a Hall of Famer regardless of whether or not he won a championship. I mean, the year right. before Championship Sunday, D. Ford is on the right side of the wrong side of the line of scrimmage against the Patriots. If he's on the right side of the line of scrimmage, right. he could have won another championship. Do you do you find yourself rooting for guys like that where you can appreciate what they're going through? Absolutely. No question about it. I think it's you know, I, I don't think you're a better coach, but when you win one, you certainly obviously feel better about what you've done. And uh, to win a championship is so hard. I mean, we would all like to win more than one, but to win one is so hard that you're pretty darn happy you, you won it. 
I mean, I think of guys like Carl Malone, John Stockton, two of the very best players in NBA history. I mean, top 20, 25 players in NBA history. And that doesn't change because they didn't win. You know, they lost to Michael Jordan and the Lakers. I mean, that's not hard to do. It doesn't mean you weren't a great player. It's just uh, you weren't in the right situation. Um, you know, uh, I mean, those guys, uh, you know, Robert, uh, shoot, my, my memory, I must be slipping a little bit, uh, but Robert uh, Ori won, what, seven, six or seven championships? Of course, and, yeah. You know, he's a good player, but he happened to be with the Lakers and the Spurs when, you know, when they were really good, and so he won some championships. But um, it's hard to win, and uh, but you kind of root for people and uh, coaches who haven't won it. It's it's nice to see that happen. Taking Tom Brady out of the equation for a second, there are so many electrifying quarterbacks in the NFL, from Patrick Mahomes to Russell Wilson to Lamar Jackson. You know, I, I've just been obsessed forever with Aaron Rodgers, who to me is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. What quarterbacks do you, whether it's red zone or in isolation in those primetime games, do you always want to make sure that you're in front of the television and you're watching? Well, I, I think Mahomes is, it uh, stands out to me. He does things that, I mean, those other guys are great quarterbacks. They made me better quarterbacks. I, I'm not going to get into that discussion, but Mahomes makes plays that you just don't, you don't see. I mean, nobody makes them. I mean, Johnny Manziel made him in college, but he couldn't transition. I thought he could. That was a mis you know, that was a loser there. I missed that one. Um, but Mahomes is that kind of player, and uh, you know, you do want to watch him if he's playing Sunday night, Monday night. I'm watching. I'm going to watch him play. Russell Wilson's great. Fun to watch. Same thing. Uh, it's just Mahomes somehow stands out to me as uh, it's just. Every player, you think you're going to see something that uh, you've never seen before. So he, he really is unique. And his attitude, he just seems great, seems like a great kid. Um, you know, he's got the whole package. He, he just really handles himself well and uh, loves the way he plays. He's everything right with sports. I'll give you one other from back in the day. See if you remember this one. You once called off air to tell me I was dead wrong on Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie, Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie, and you were on team <laughs> Flutie. I was on board with the bills going back to Rob Johnson. Jim, the unfortunate <laughs> thing about that one, normally there's a, you know, right? I was right. I was wrong. We'll never really know for that given year because of the music city miracle. I know it. I know it. It's crazy. I, I was a Flutie fan. I, I just loved what he did, how he played, and, you know, his, the excitement he brought to everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you make all these calls, and, you know, sometimes you're, you you get it right, and sometimes you're not sure, and sometimes it's inconclusive. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I tell, tell Jimmy, by the way, I am all in on these bills. I love Josh Allen, love Sean McDermott, love Brandon yeah. Bean, that culture, the Diggs deal. You know, listen, I, I think the Patriots obviously are going to be fun to watch all year. The Bucks, I think the Bucks are going to be excellent. 3-1 and one right now, not only Brady, a really good defense. 
But I think the team yeah. in the Bayheim household that's going to be the best this year is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about that because Jimmy just loves to boast about this stuff. So uh, I hate to see that if they can carry this thing through, that's all I'm going to be hearing about is the Buffalo Bills. But I like the Bills too. I, they're close. I like the ownership, and you know, I I I just was a Patriots fan first, and hard to switch over. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a good football year with Rodgers and. Mahomes and you know all the things. The NFL is Russell Wilson. The NFL is in a great position. You know, sports is in a great position. I've loved watching the baseball. Uh, the basketball play has been great. And Miami Heat have made a good run here in the finals, trying to make it interesting. But it's been a great sports year in an in unbelievable, impossible almost situation. And we all should be happy that we have this and at the bottom end, end of the line is people talk about health and everything, but you know, athletes are not going to get that sick. They, they've proven that already. And the athletes want to play. A lot of people blame, you know, coaches of the NBA for pushing forward to play. Uh, that's what they want. That's what players want to do. Uh, that's what they do. They don't want to sit home I mean, too many writers and talk show people are saying, oh, they're, you know, players aren't safe. They should stay. Nobody wants to stay home. You know, nobody. And fortunately, healthy players are 99.9% not going to get very sick with this disease. So let's enjoy it while we, while we have it. Absolutely. By the way, have you thought, final question, about what was going to be, you mentioned all these sports, you just triggered something. How about the Masters on an NFL Sunday <laughs> this year? I mean, for you, forgetting college basketball for a second, that's going to be one of the all-time great sports days, I would think, for Jim Beheim. Well, I'm going to be watching the Masters as I have since I was about eight years old, every one of them. And hoping against hope, like everybody, that Tiger's got another run in him. And if he does, there'll be even football fans, which are the strongest in the world, switching over to watch. They won't admit it, but they'll be switching off, switching over to watch Tiger come down the stretch at Augusta if he's in it. And uh, I, I, that would be a great sports moment. <laughs> It'd be incredible. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time, and we always appreciate it when you join us on our various platforms. And tell Buddy and Jimmy hello, and, and go Buffalo Bills, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Adam. Keep going. Coach Beheim with us here on the Adam Time Podcast. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. All you need is a moment to get somebody over. Then the Barak Show keeps you updated on all things boxing. Let's not say that Canelo hasn't fought anybody with fighting guys on the way out. And Jimmy Smith has you covered for mixed martial arts. Do you want to look behind the curtain and see what these guys have to deal with for the amount of money they're making? The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Adam Shine, fantasy football legend. Our senior executive producer, the great Bob Stu, and our associate producer, the great Mikey Fitz, join me for a little fantasy football. And guys, I officially have the worst story ever. 
So, you know I'm obsessed with my DraftKings league that I do with friends in town. It's a 20-person league. I love it. So, DraftKings also sponsors Time to Shine. So, every week I pick a lineup for Time to Shine. And I, I like to play the lineup. I, I played it every single week. Whatever I put on TV, I end up putting on as my, my lineup. So, my lineup for television, right? You ready? Yeah. Josh Allen, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Brandon Ayuk, Stefan Diggs, <laughs> Kenny Galladay, Ooh. Darren Waller, wow. Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> and the Cleveland Browns, who had a lot of turnovers and sacks sure. in the game, right? Yeah. I got spooked, oh, no. spooked by Joe Mixon turning up on the old injury reports. Oh. My lineup, Josh Allen, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Stephon Diggs, all great so far. You're damn right I played Robert Toynian at tight ends. Wow. 33.8 points. Bobby T. 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 Higgins, 13 points. Bucks defense, eh? Finished in fifth place instead of winning the whole thing. I got 150 points. Oh, by the way, I also played one other player. Brandon Cooks, who oh. got me zero. Going against the Minnesota Vikings. Like, this is going to be the Brandon Cooks game. And sure enough, <laughs> Will Fuller, sure enough. Kenny Stills. I mean, it's like a parting gift from Bill O'Brien. So my television producer, the great Malcolm Cone Coleman, he always plays my lineup. He ended up winning based <laughs> upon my telev television lineup. If I would have, so I had 150.22 points, .22 points. If, in fact, I would have played my original lineup, the winner, the winner in our league had 179.92. I had 180. I would have won if I played by my original lineup. Well, that's just a lesson for you, Adam. You have to go with your gut. Damn. How did you move away from that? I don't understand. Brandon Cooks, that was not on the podcast last week. I don't know what you were listening to. There's no Brandon Cooks. We were never going to play him. Uh, that's pretty terrible. I give you a lot of credit, though. The rest of your lineup was unbelievable. Unbelievable, you Kamara, right? too. I thought that Kamara was a little expensive for me, but that was, that was a great call. You know, I had some big hits, too, last week, Adam. Some really big hits. I called Odell Beckham Jr. You How did. about that? First, the Cowboys. He was unbelievable. I hit on Dalvin Cook. Devontae Parker had a great game. No touchdowns. We both played Galladay. We knew exactly what we were talking about. You know, I failed a little bit, as per usual. I had Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was not good. Gasicki was a bust. Overall, I had a great week. This week, Adam, we got a few good picks. I, I feel pretty confident going into the Who week. Who do we got, Bob? Who do we got? Well, first off, I'm not stacking. I'm not going to be doing that this week. What do you mean no, you're not stacking? Yeah, is no that, more That's stacks. an unofficial rule of, of DraftKings, <laughs> of Daily Fantasy. you got to stack, Bob. Well, to me, the most important thing is to pick the players who score the most points. I don't have to stack this week. I'm not looking at that. Going to be looking at Dak Prescott this week. I made a mistake to not play him last week. He's the fifth highest ranked quarterback in terms of cost. We've seen all Dallas does is throw, 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 throw. The Giants secondary is completely beat up with injuries. Expect another big day from Dak Prescott. 
You know, in terms of running backs, I like James Robinson going up against the Texans. I mean, I don't care that Bill O'Brien just got fired. They got destroyed again on the ground. They've been destroyed for four weeks. Him leaving is not going to change how bad they are defensively. You know, I also like Josh Jacobs against the Chiefs, Adam. I think he's underpriced at 6,300. You saw New England run all over Kansas City with a depleted line. No Sony Michelle. The Raiders love to pound the ball. Who are you looking at, Adam, in terms of quarterback and running back this week? You know, it's really interesting. Dak, to me, is almost a must-start. Right, He's facing the Giants. He's putting up monster numbers. I, I think he's pretty close to a must-start. I'll give you two others that are cheaper that, that really caught my eye. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson freed from Billy O'Brien. The Jacksonville defensive backfield is atrocious. They don't play any defense. I think Deshaun Watson is a tremendous, tremendous play. And I'll give you one other, and I know it's a road game, and I know it's a primetime game, but that defense is very beatable, Justin Herbert. And he's 6000 bucks. I, I think he would make some sense. You know, it's interesting for running back. That's a great call. I wasn't thinking it on, on Josh Jacobs. He's underpriced. My only concern is about Vegas getting down big and they have to yeah. go away from the run. I have Robinson on my list. I, I think he makes a ton of sense. He he's forget where he the fact that he wasn't drafted. He's now the Jaguar starting running back. You have to consider him. I'll give you the other two. One's really pricey. One is in the Robinson range. Clyde Edwards Alaire going yeah. up against the Raiders, I think is a great play at six thousand eight hundred. It's expensive. You ready for this one? No. Zeke. Zeke <laughs> Zeke against the Giants. I might I might end up stacking Dak and Zeke. I mean, when you're playing the Giants, why the hell not? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you for sure. I also like Will Fuller pairing him with Watson, so I completely understand where you're going from there. I think it's nice, Adam. We have associate producer Mikey Fitz with us today. It's about on the damn podcast. time he showed up for the podcast this it's year. It's about time his dispute ended. He's here. Mikey Fitz, who do you like this weekend for DraftKings? Yeah, guys, I finally got my new contract, so uh, it's <laughs> nice to be back on the podcast. Is, the appearance fee is taken care of. Yeah, it's nice nice to be back on the podcast. You got my sure. guy Maury on it. I love it. <laughs> yep. So uh, for quarterback this week, I like Teddy Bridgewater going up against the Falcons defense. It's a good one. Uh, that depleted secondary just stinks. We saw it last night. Would you stack him with Robbie Anderson? I actually stacked him with DJ Moore. Okay. Yes. He's he's only six thousand bucks. So yes. between the two of them, it's only about twelve thousand. It's not that expensive. I also like Clyde Edwards-Alaire going up against the Raiders. I think that he's going to have a good game, especially if they get a big. You know, they could dump it off to him. They could run the ball with him. I really like that pick. And uh, I also like Devin Singletary going up against the Titans. I think that he's going to have a big game. Yeah, I love what you said, Mike, about DJ Moore only at $6,000. I also have him in the lineup. You have to play DJ Moore versus the Falcons. The Falcons literally can't cover anybody. They have the worst secondary in the NFL. DJ Moore didn't play that well last week. That's great because he's only $6,000 this week. I think he's going to have a massive game too, Adam. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think Moore. I think Anderson. I think the – I mean – the the Panthers wideouts are excellent, and and Teddy, that, that's a really good suggestion, Mike. That's an excellent one. You know, week in week out, looking at some of these defenses are pretty fascinating. You know, I'll give you one. I'll give you two that really jumped out at me. How about the Rams? They're expensive. Would you play them at four thousand bucks? They're going against the Washington football team, 
And how about the Indianapolis Colts? 3,300 yes. going up against a, a Cleveland team that doesn't have Nick Chubb. I couldn't agree more. You have to play the hot hand with the Colts. I keep calling it. I called it two weeks ago. I called it last week. Keep playing the Colts. I don't know why you wouldn't play the Colts at this point. They're only 3,300. I know what Cleveland did to Dallas. Look what everybody has done to Dallas this year. Don't let that scare you into not taking Indianapolis. They have been awesome this year. They forced turnovers. They scored touchdowns. That defense is awesome. It's only 3,300. you got to put the Colts in your lap. They're the number one defense right now. Uh, I'm with you, Adam. The Colts, I would prioritize the Colts over Washington specifically. Also, we've seen Washington score some garbage time points. We've seen Haskins move the ball when the game's over. That would worry me. The Rams get up too much. All of a sudden, here, come, here comes Washington and Haskins scoring some points late. That's why I like the Colts. I think it'll be a close game. I would definitely go with Indy this weekend. By the way, the kids, the shine kids this week, you ready for this? I, I told you, you know, I let them run the draft. It's great. You know, I, I basically am managing the team. So, you know, they pick Lamar in the first round, which means, you know, we're, we're struggling at the running back position. You know, and with India big, Jonathan Taylor didn't get his requisite carries. You know, I, I keep waiting for the J.K. Dobbins breakout game. And I played J.K. Dobbins as opposed to Chase Edmonds, who actually yeah. delivered 13 points. C.D. Lamb, who you know I'm obsessed with, was on the bench, which is fine because, you know, I had Allen Robinson. And we have Stephon Diggs, and we have DeAndre Hopkins. My receivers, the kids' receivers, are are fantastic. So we lost to a winless team by four points. So we go from two and zero to two and two. So you know, I got I got Theo and and Jolie and Maya just just ripping me. I mean, I I got to do a better job there. But I guess I you know they get all the credit when we win. I take all the blame when we lose. That That's what happens when you're in a kid's league. That's the role of being a parent, Adam. And you have yes. no other choice. That's just that's life, right? That's what we do. That's what we do. But, you know, I tried to explain to them that they got to try to work the waiver wire and they got to try to make <laughs> trades. They, they don't want to make trades. So Theo working the phones? I need him to work the phones. <laughs> yeah, you know, send out some emails, some text messages, get some people on speed dial, <laughs> you know, running back, you know, you you wanna you wanna you know make the meal you gotta shop for the groceries like Bill Parcells mm. once said. You got you gotta teach them young pops too. You can't you can't just sit here and you give them a silver spoon in their mouth as a fantasy football player. You gotta teach them about the highs and the lows. I mean, you know, Theo woke up this morning, it's two o'clock on, on a Tuesday, and he's like, Maya, dad messed up. We lost in fantasy. I'm like, Oh, oh good. <laughs> this is the normal conversation right now in the, in the shine household, because I, I had JK Dobbins in the lineup waiting for the JK Dobbins breakout game. Oh, that's you, tough. That's you can't, tough. can't make this up. If you try it, at least my kids are distracted by the Yankees. Our, our week number five <laughs> picks right after this. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid has stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Adam Shine, not telling you to wager on football.
But here we go. Well, Bob Steele lost another Thursday night pick last week. Three guarantees in life, death taxes, and Bob Steele fails on the old Thursday night selection. On the season, Bob is 30, 29, and 4. I'm 35, 24, and 4. Love it. Mikey Fitz, who won last year, 27, 32, and 4. Look, I hate to say it, Bob, because, you know, normally I always want to try to go against you on Thursday night. But as we tape this at 2 o'clock on Tuesday, I mean, uh, unless I'm seeing things, according to our good friends over at William Hill, the Bucks are only favored by five and a half against the atrocious on offense Chicago Bears. I mean, y- you got to be picking the Buccaneers, right? I just feel like there's going to be a real consensus between us this week. Look, I was blinded by the Jets last week. That was a classic Jets heartbreaking win, but they actually lost. That was so fantastic. I agree with you here, Adam. This is going to be much easier. I don't know how anybody could pick the Bears this week. I mean, look, St. Nick, he looked like he was seeing ghosts of Christmas past last week as the Colts just destroyed him. The Bears scored three points in the first three quarters of the game. And on the Bucs side, the best thing we saw on Sunday in the entire league was Tom Brady. I mean, he just destroyed the Chargers' defense in the second half of that game. His chemistry with his receivers is growing. I keep saying this every single week. Repetition, repetition, repetition. I'm going to repeat this Brady take literally the entire season. He will continue to grow with his receivers all season. He's only going to get better. He's going to shred this defense. The Bucs are going to beat the Bears at least by 10 points, Adam. I don't think there's any question about it. I, I think they're going to absolutely destroy him. I think I think Tom Brady, you know, doing something historic last week, you know, five touchdowns, five different receivers, first time it's ever happened in his greatest of all time career. He's just getting started in that. That Bucks defense is is outstanding. Mike, you're not taking the Bears, are you? No, I still can't believe you guys took the Jets last week. That was a that was a layup. <laughs> But well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, Brett Rippin was starting. It was, I, you know, I, I regretted it at watching the game, but it wasn't the worst pick we've ever made. They're playing the Jets. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm with you guys. I'm picking the Bucks. I think their defense is going to shred apart Nick Foles. Brady, he's going to have a game. Like you mentioned, Bob, the chemistry is just building with between Brady and Evans and all those weapons down in Tampa. I love the Bucks this week, laying the five and a half points. It is a really weird week when you look at some of these spreads, right? Think about it this way. If we're talking about spreads of a touchdown, seven or more, right? The Saints-Chargers game is seven and a half. Seattle is favored by seven against Minnesota. Dallas by nine and a half against the New York football Giants. The Niners are favored by eight against Miami. The Ravens by a couple of touchdowns, 13 and a half to be exact, against Cincinnati. You have Pittsburgh by a touchdown, seven points against Philadelphia. You have the Rams favored by eight against Washington. You have the Chiefs favored by 13 points against the Vegas Raiders. There are some big spreads this week, week five in the NFL. Bob, what stands out to you? Give us some of your the picks of your eye in this week. Yeah, the line that punched me in the face, Adam, immediately was Chiefs-Raiders. I mean, the Chiefs favored by 13 points on a short week against the Raiders. I mean, doesn't that seem a little bit high to you? It's a divisional game. 
I know the Chiefs own the Raiders. They seem to beat them every single time they play. But Derek Carr has been great this year moving the football. The Raiders' offense is really, really underrated. They're a really good unit. The Chiefs' defense is a little suspect. We saw without Chris Jones with his groin injury, they couldn't stop New England on the ground at all. The Patriots had 185 total yards on the ground. I love the Raiders this weekend getting 13 points in Kansas City. I'm not ready to say I love the Raiders. I, I Right now, I think that I need to see the injury report. And you know I picked the Raiders preseason to make the playoffs, Bob. But, you know, they got two significant injuries at receiver, two significant injuries on the offensive line. The defense has underperformed. They've been banged up. Um, I'm not ready to make a call on Tuesday on that game. I think the Rams are going to smash Washington. I think that is a rough matchup. Dwayne Haskins has been awful. Aaron Donald, best defensive player on on the planet. And maybe this is just ultra dangerous or I'm just light years ahead of the curve. I think Dallas will cover the nine and a half point spread and smack around (laughs) the New York football Giants. Uh, I just, I don't know how we can keep picking Dallas after what's happened to the defense. I know. But you see the Giants, right? I mean, the the Giants, I mean, Daniel Jones is playing hot potato with the football. Their defense is awful. I mean, Prescott, Zeke, C.D. Lamb, Cooper, these guys are going to explode on offense. Don't you think it's a little weird that the Giants have been in two games, though? They haven't been that far from actually winning a football game, though. I don't think the Giants are as bad as people think. I think they're going to win a few games this year, they, probably they around did, four. But they did lose by 30 to Nick Mullins <laughs> and an injured 49ers team, Bob. Uh, that was more about Kyle Shanahan than anything. They gave the Bears a scare. They played with the Rams last week. I was as surprised as anybody when they covered that spread. They were actually in the game. I was stunned. I don't think you can just pick Dallas anymore. I I don't see how you can. The defense has been so terrible. I will say another line that fascinates me is the Eagles and the Steelers. I mean, we saw Carson once, speaking of, you know, saving a season against the Niners and Nicky Mullins. That being said, Pittsburgh's coming off that bye. Pittsburgh is favored by seven. Who are you liking this game, Adam? I'm leaning on Pittsburgh. I I think that that Pittsburgh defense deserves the credit of being the best defense in the NFL in the first quarter of the season. And that offensive line for Phillies banged up. Wentz made a terrific in-the-bucket throw to some receiver that nobody has ever heard of. But they still have pretty well-embedded issues in in Philadelphia. I, I, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will win that game and cover the seven-point spread. Yeah, I just think you hit the nail on the head there, Adam. The pass rush of Pittsburgh is going to dominate Philadelphia's offensive line. I don't see anyone could see it any differently. That's the biggest mismatch in this game. Mikey Fitz, give us a game that you like this weekend in terms of a line. I like the Panthers in Atlanta. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs as it sits right now. Um, the, the Falcons don't have any wins. I don't know if, if anyone knows that in Vegas. They shouldn't be favored in any game that they play. I think Teddy Bridgewater. That's a wild line. Yeah, great yeah. point, Mike. I think Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to tear apart this depleted Falcons secondary. Their defense is just terrible. I think that the Panthers are going to uh, pull off the outright upset in Atlanta this weekend. This also has the makings, though, of the Dan Quinn save your job on a temporary basis game, oh, right? No, no. And listen, listen. Oh. You know me. I, I despise Dan Quinn. That's well documented on every every four of my hat. Right, I would have fired him after they lost in Philadelphia the year after they blew the 28-point 
28 to 3 lead in the Super Bowl. But would it, can't you just see the Falcons finally going to win? And here's Arthur Blake. I see, you know, I, I told you, Dan Quinn's not that bad. We just had a, a home uh, division win. Now, I, I, I think if you're a Falcons fan, you actually want Carolina to smoke the Falcons. I mean, don't misinterpret. I, I'd pick Carolina. I just wouldn't call this a best bet quite yet. Because I also want to see the Julio Jones injury status as this week moves along. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I still can't believe Dan Quinn's employed, even after last night's game. I mean, the Packers, Robert Tanyan, Bobby T., who you played in DraftKings, had three touchdowns at him. Aaron Rodgers was making people appear out of thin air as offensive weapons. Dan Quinn's supposed to be a defensive coach. He, the Falcons have given up 30 straight, 30 or more points in four straight games to start the season. The defense is terrible. They're the worst defense in football. The last game that sticks out to me, guys, it's the Colts and the Browns. The Colts are favored by two and a half points. I think that is the best game of the week, Adam. Yeah, I think it's an awesome game. Two, three, and one teams. I, I would say right now, I would lean on Indianapolis. And I, I have both teams in the playoffs but with that defense even though philip rivers has not played well i think the colts defense would be the the difference in in this game we'll come back and we'll put a nice big fat happy red bow on this incredible sizzling edition of the adam shine podcast i'm just happy that mikey fitz worked everything out contractually to get back on the podcast we'll be back after this Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Jim Beheim, absolutely incredible. Bob Stu, sensational. Mikey Fitz, just a breath of fresh air. Thanks to our listeners on Sirius XM On Demand, our listeners on Pandora, listeners on Apple and with Stitcher. Please hit the subscribe button, leave a review because you love the Adam Shine Podcast and we love you. You can catch me every weekday on my Sirius XM radio show, Shine On Sports, which airs, of course, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine On Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.